Hey, um, wasn't that worship great? Come on, can we just love on, our, on the worship team this morning? Man, you guys, that was amazing. And uh, our tech team, come on, Ray. Come on, God bless you, buddy. You know, these guys, they, they do it voluntarily. Um, what, you know, I've got a dream that at some point the entire worship team will be on paid stuff. That would be great, wouldn't it? That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Seth was just saying, I'd just like to get paid. Oh, um, yeah. Hey, can I just say thank you for making sure these curtains behind me are closed this morning? Because there's a golf course on the other side of that window, and I'd want to preach like this, you know. Um, but uh, I, I've been issued a, a quite a stern challenge this morning. My, uh, my beautiful young niece is in, in church this morning, and she asked me, are you a boring preacher? And, and I said, well, I hope not, but she's going to tell me when I get home later this afternoon. <laughs> So it's great to have some family in the house. Um, so th- apart from Seth and Debbie, uh, I really don't know you guys, so I thought I'd better give you a little bit of background on me. So um, come on, Ray, give us the first picture. I'll sort of stand off to one side. This was me 20 years ago. Um, yeah, uh, you, the hat's on. I was, my hair was actually gray back then as well. But uh, yeah, my background is in uh, engineering. I served for 20 years in the military and the Air Force before pastoring. Um, and how many of you have used the new Face app on phone? Hey, boys. And you don't know what I'm talking about? This, it's a new phenomenon that's sweeping the world. Apparently, this is me in 40 years' time. Um, and I, I, I cut Trev out because there's a picture of Trev and I family time last year at conference, but I didn't, I didn't feel I had permission to show what he looked like in 40 years. So in, in conference 2059 at family time, apparently that's what I'll look like according to Face app. But anyway, this is me now. If we could just... Bring up the next one, please, Ray. So this is, this is, uh, this is us now. This is my, uh, my family, my amazing family. That lady in the middle is my absolutely breathtaking, everyday distracting wife. Of uh, This October, we'll have been married 31 years. And um, either side of us, the two, two strapping lads either end are our two sons. So on, uh, on, on, your, on the left-hand end, that's Shannon. He's our oldest son. And he and his wife, Amanda, who's in front of him, and the little fella in my arms, and the little fella strapped to Amanda, that's our two grandsons. Um, they are right now uh, planting a church in Palmerston North, so they are the new campus pastors for the Arise uh, Church in Palmerston North. And so they launch on the 18th of August, and we're really excited. And that strapping tall lad on the other end, who uh, looks scarily like me, um, is Jaden, our youngest son, and his beautiful wife, Narita, and their little gorgeous daughter, Kira. And Jaden is, uh, he's the youth and young adults pastor for Elam up in Whangarei. So uh, yeah, I managed to, managed to keep one of my boys in Elam. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's us now. We've got three amazing grandchildren and loving it, loving being a granddad. Um, so we've been, uh, we've been pastoring uh, down in Blenheim now for, we've, uh, in May this year, we just clocked over our 17th pastor birthday. So uh, Suzanne and I met in the church Started dating in the church, got married in the church, uh, raised our two sons in the church, and we've been pastoring it for the last 17 years. So I've been in, this is my third time in Blenheim. So with the Air Force, I was posted up and down the country. So I started in Blenheim, then I spent nearly four and a half years out at Hobsonville when it was an Air Force base. Um, I went out there earlier this year and thought I was entering the twilight zone. Honestly, I got absolutely lost. I, I didn't recognize anything. It was most disturbing. Um, until I got down on the apron where, where I used to work, and then back down to Woodburn, so I've been down there 
and uh, been back down there this time since 1988. And uh, yeah, and just loving it, absolutely loving it. So, we should get into the word, eh? We got a, we got, oh, there is a clock in the house. Okay, there we go. Um, at home uh, in our church, I've been taking our church through a series um, called Created to Bless. <clears throat> and we've been digging into the biblical principles where God declares blessings over us when we handle our finances biblically. So the whole series is, is about finances. And uh, God really, really challenged me a number of years ago. As a, as a new pastor, I've been pastoring about two years old. Uh, so I was still looking for the tear tab on the cling wrap. That's how brand new I was as a pastor. And we've got a range of hills up in the back of uh, Blenheim called the Wither Hills. And I went up those hills and honestly, just a bit of transparency, just turn this place into a confessional. Um, I went up those hills basically to have a two-year-old tantrum with God. And um, because there were some subjects that I didn't want to teach on. One of those was giving. And so I went up the, up the hills and I said to God, why don't they just read your word and get it? And it was like I heard God in the background go, mm-hmm. And, and then for the very first time in my entire life, I literally, literally felt the chastisement of God. And uh, it, was, it was a heart-stopping moment where God, this is what God said to me. It wasn't audible, but it was so loud it should have been. This is what he said to me. If you don't teach my people of the blessings I have for them, in their faithfulness and their generosity with their giving, I will hold you personally accountable. So I came back to my church and I confessed to them and I said, you have a pastor who is a chicken <laughs> and I'm not taking on God. And so that was, that was 15 years ago. And uh, just recently, I really felt stirred by God to, to do a teaching called Created to Bless. And uh, I have long held the belief and I'm absolutely convinced that God teaches us how to live biblical lives by teaching us how to handle our finances biblically. First the natural, then the spiritual. So um, uh, the, the foundation scripture for this whole series, now I'm, I'm not gonna be teaching you about finances this morning, okay? So just breathe easy. Please don't switch off or get offended, all right? Um, the, but the foundation scripture for this whole series is the Abrahamic uh, blessing. So Abraham, before he became Abraham, this is where in Genesis chapter 12, verses two and three, it says this, I will make you into a great nation, I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So God gives us life, Jesus gives us hope, the Holy Spirit gives us purpose. All three of these things, everything about God to us is giving. So I think it's reasonably safe to conclude that actually it's always, in God it's always paying it forward. The reason we love the Bible says, we love because he first loved us. Actually, you know what? You breathe because he first breathed into you. You are able to touch because he first touched you. And so he gave us this. And the whole, whole premise of this is he blessed us to be a blessing. You are created to bless. That is in your, your creation level DNA. You are created to bless. So that there was all the premise to... Um, I was working on the third message in this series, and I was uh, just deliberating on what I should call the message. And in my quiet time, last Saturday morning, I was in Wellington at the Arise Conference. And uh, Suzanne, was, <clears throat> she was preparing herself for the day, and, um, and I was just sitting in bed having a coffee, having my quiet time. 
and my quiet time got totally and utterly hijacked by God. Which Now, that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? I mean, every quiet time should be hijacked by God. When you're in the Word, when you're waiting on the anointing of Christ, you are setting yourself up to be hijacked, yeah? Anyone not want that? We can pray for you right now. Um, but it was like, I mean, I'm talking about like utterly hijacked. Um, and it was like this, I was, you know what, I wasn't even like reading a devotional or looking for a particular scripture. I was actually in my scheduled reading for the day. So uh, for about the last five or six years, I have made it an annual goal to read the Bible cover to cover. And so I literally was in my scheduled reading point for that Saturday. And I was in the book of Ezekiel. And um, I was thinking about I was thinking about the me- next message, and I was going like, "What do I call it, Lord? Do I call it God's plan to meet your needs, or growing bigger, you know, um, big, becoming bigger people in God and everything?" And uh, that was kind of just mulling around in the back of my head, like it does with most pastors. We're always, you know, we've got this antenna array that's up the whole time. You know, satellite dishes the whole lot. God, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me, inspire me, all this stuff all the time. And I'm reading through the scripture, which I'm going to read shortly, and I felt God speak directly to me. And he opened up a revelation out of the first 10 verses of uh, chapter 37 of Ezekiel and blew my mind, like literally blew my mind. I was utterly stunned at the grace and the love that God suddenly and startlingly revealed to me. And it's really interesting because most people think that you know, well, we know we know the Bible is divided into two divisions. We got the Old Testament and the New Testament, and many people think that the Old Testament's about law and the New Testament's about grace, and so everything in the Old Testament is judgment and sort your life out. The New Testament is actually, if you follow Jesus, there's this grace that comes from Christ, and that that in a sense is correct. However, what I read last Saturday morning. So, guys, this message, this message is like still steaming hot, okay? It's burning in my spirit. What I read last Saturday morning, the revelation I received revealed to me the absolute undeniable grace of God in possibly the most countercultural way I've ever seen in my entire life in the Bible. And so I'm going to tell you what it was. The text is very well known. But I want to unpack another aspect of it. So we're going to read it through, and then we're going to pray. Okay, Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 10. If you've been in church for any length of time, or if you've read your Bible, this is going to be so familiar to you. Verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone, and indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Verse 9, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. 
Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. If you are taking notes this morning, and somewhere in the scriptures it says, if you take notes, you go to heaven. Um, No, no, sorry, it doesn't. Take that out of the tape. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Um, If you are taking notes this morning, my message is called Restored to Bless, A Faith Promise Journey. And I'm going to pray. It's going to be a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, help. Amen. Look, the reality is, uh, uh, there's a a verse in the Bible where where the Apostle Paul says, I don't come to you with flash words, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. And every time I get up to preach, I go, God, I want to be able to say this well, but actually, I want you to do it better. And so, Holy Spirit, help. Amen. (laughs) Okay, now. I'm sure many of you, who's familiar with that text out of the Bible? Come on, give us a, let's, let's be a little bit, look, the, the more you respond, the better I'll preach, okay? Oh, excellent, thank you. Yeah, just notch it up about 20 decibels. <laughs> okay, we're pretty familiar with this passage of Scripture, okay? And, you know, we read it and we go, oh man, that's full of hope. Yes and amen. But what I want to show you is not just the fact that it's full of hope, but how much hope. And the application that comes out of those 10 verses, okay? So the grace revelation in this passage of Scripture is contained in the first three verses. Let me read them again to you. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord. And He set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then He caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Now, like I said, I've been reading through the scriptures uh, in a scheduled pattern. I've, I've actually, I'm using the Version Bible app and I've down, uh, downloaded a chronological Bible. So you know, I'm, I'm going through the prophets, but I'm bouncing from Ezekiel back to Jeremiah and to Chronicles and it's just outstanding because it kind of, okay, so there is the timeline and these guys were around when these guys were around and if they knew coffee, they probably had a coffee. I wonder if they shared notes and, and you know, it's, just, it's just a really exciting thing to, to suddenly, okay, I've got this 25 screen Cineplex that runs 24 seven up here. Okay, I'm a very visual guy, very tactile guy and I'm not Italian, but I love to use my hands. All right, I went to Italy about uh, eight or nine years ago. We're driving down the road and, the, and there's an Italian cab driver and he started to talk, and he let go of the wheel. He's like, hey, Luigi, lost spaghetti. And I thought, it's true, they do it. They actually do it. They actually do it. Anyway, that's, I also get easily sidetracked, so sorry about that. So I'm reading this Old Testament, and I find this incredible, incredible encouragement in the most obscure place. And I suddenly discover the undeniable grace of God is not only held in the New Testament. Did you know the grace of God is his plan A and he has no plan B? The grace of God, the plan for the grace of God started in Genesis when mankind stuffed it up. When we sinned, he was like, plan A, grace, right from the get-go. And I want to unpack this to you. So here we go. Here is the first thing that comes out of those first three verses. Ezekiel was in exile. Okay, he was in Babylon. So Nebuchadnezzar had come in and ransacked Jerusalem and he had taken a whole swag of Jews and he had put them in exile in Babylon. Here's the first thing of the grace of God. If you feel like you're in exile, 
the Spirit of God can still get hold of you. It doesn't matter how far away from God you are feeling or your life situation is dictating or circumstances are screaming at you. The Spirit of God can pick you up and put you in a different place. If you, are in, if, if you are in a place where you are literally feeling like you are removed from where you are supposed to be, removed from where you were born to be, removed from where everything inside you says, I'm supposed to be here and serving, but you are over here in exile, do not give up because the Spirit of God can grab hold of you and He can pick you up and He can place you somewhere in the Spirit and talk to you. That's the first thing. The second thing is even more bizarre, even more. Well, it's not bizarre, but even just mind-blowing. Okay, the, the Scriptures say that the Spirit of God picked up Ezekiel and took him to, and the Scriptures say, the valley that was filled with dry, dry bones. Now, I believe there is a significance on the the, which I'll explain in a second. In the midst of a valley, it was full of, of the valley, it was full of bones. Now, if you have got any understanding of Jewish culture, that, that single move by God was so utterly and completely countercultural to the Jewish culture ever because Jews were not allowed to touch or be near anything that was dead or they were deemed unclean. And they would be literally, they would be removed from the community for a minimum of seven days they would have to go through all sorts of ceremonial cleansings and washings and all that sort of stuff. And then they would have to present themselves to the priest. And then someone else would say whether they were clean or unclean. They were, the, they were at the behest of someone else's opinion. And God himself, who gave them this law, picks up a Jewish prophet and dumps him in the middle of something that he is banned from doing. Crazy, eh? I love it. God just loves breaking the rules, especially when they're man's rules. Now, so there's a, there's a crazy thing. This, the second crazy thing about this was this valley was literally scattered with bones, absolute bones. So again, in a cultural aspect, this entire valley was a valley of annihilation complete annihilation. In actual fact, it wasn't just a valley of annihilation. It was a valley of complete and utter desecration. Follow me to Jeremiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. In that day, says the Lord, the enemy will break open the graves of the kings and the officials of Judah and the graves of the priests, the prophets, and the common people of Jerusalem. I believe the valley, the valley was just outside of Jerusalem. They will spread out their bones on the ground before the sun, the moon, the stars, and all the gods that my people have loved and served and worshipped. Their bones will not be gathered up again or buried, but will be scattered on the ground like manure. Now, I mean, this is, this is just a crazy brain explosion for a Jew to be picked up by the God he worships and put in a place of judgment, desecration, annihilation, uncleanness, death. Now, not only was the valley full of bones, but it was full of scattered bones. Now, we're not talking about this, this wonderfully uniform lined up, 
you know, there's a full skeleton and a full skeleton. We're talking about the entire frame had been broken apart, shattered and scattered. I mean, we're talking about complete loss of connection. We're talking about complete loss of identity. We're talking about complete loss of there is, where, there is no family line. And in the Jewish culture, family lines are paramount. There is complete confusion. Are you getting the picture of what this valley represents? And then Ezekiel is standing in the middle of this valley and he's looking at the utter desecration. In the mind of a Jew, this valley is cursed. It is absolutely cursed. And in the mind of a Jew, if they were standing up on the ridge looking down at the valley, they would go, whoever those people were, they are unsalvageable. There, there is no hope. And a Jewish prophet is standing in the middle of this, and then God goes, can these bones live? And he's like, what? Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, I, you know what? I really love the wisdom of Ezekiel right here. He goes, God, you know. And they ain't not going to answer that question because I don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer. So the right answer is, you tell me. <laughs> you tell me, God. But you know what? That classic telemarketing thing. But wait, there's more. These, the scriptures say these bones, indeed, they were very dry. The, the bones, they'd been, they, they were so dry, they'd been burnt by the sun to the point of being bleached. They were absolutely burnt, bare. They were burned white. There wasn't an ounce of evidence of life on them or in them. I mean, we're talking about as dead as you can get dead. And God goes, can these bones live? And this is where God began to speak to me in a way that just messed me up. I mean, I'm, I'm at a conference where Craig Rochelle is preaching. Pastor Chris Hodges is preaching. Pastor Chris Durso, you know, pastors John and Jillian Cameron. We're talking about high-flying preachers on the global scale. I'm sitting there and I'm going, God, stop it, because I'm being held captive by this and I just want to learn from these guys. God, stop it. You know, a, and, and, and he's just going, whoa, 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 whoa. You're teaching a series at home called Created to Bless. But there are people, not just in your, I honestly feel like God's given me an Olympic flame here, an Olympic torch, because there are people, and when I say there are people, I'm talking about people in the house as much as people who don't know God. There are people going, how can I bless you're teaching me I'm created to bless. How, I don't know what blessing is. There are people going, I'm not worthy to be blessed. How can you tell me, how can you teach me I'm created to bless when I'm not even worthy to receive a blessing or give a blessing? I am, I'm teaching people going, what have I got to bless people with? My unworthiness, my brokenness, my pain, my hopelessness. You're saying you're created to bless and I'm saying, can these bones live? And I got to this point where I saw John chapter 10, verse 10 explode. I began to ache so deep when I began to realize how much God loves us. I saw people dying in their desire to live. I saw people gasping for air, suffocating on dry land, drowning on dry land, yearning with every cell of their body going, I, I just would like to know what it is to be blessed. 
I would just like to know what it is to be whole. But everything about me tells my life is so broken and so unsalvageable and so busted and dead. Well, don't even talk to me about I'm being created to bless. I have no concept of that. And I saw John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you would have life in that more abundantly. I saw people living a life where the thief has stolen their dream. So he's killed their hope in an attempt to destroy their future. I saw people who, through the plans of the enemy, their innocence has been stolen so their worthiness has been killed and their future has been destroyed. Can you see the process? The innocence of a young girl stolen by a guy I'd like to take out the back of the woodshed and give him some five-fold ministry. Oh, sorry, can I talk like that at church? <laughs> you know, a young girl's innocence stolen by a creep. And because her innocence has been stolen, her hope has been killed. And she starts to look at her future and says, I have no future. The innocence of a young man who's desperate for a dad gets into the wrong company and suddenly his mind has been stolen by drugs. His ability to function has been killed, so therefore his future has been destroyed. Can you see the plan of the devil here to steal? I think that is a divinely inspired order by God. Stolen, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God immediately steps in and goes, stop. My grace is sufficient. You have, been, you have been created to bless, but without the restoring power of Jesus Christ and the work of his Holy Spirit alive in you, then all teachings are just, just good-sounding theory. So what's needed? Okay, so we're going to punch into a bit of application here, straight out of these scriptures. Verse 4, so what's needed? Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. The first thing we need is the word, the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and, finish it for me, <laughs> hearing by the word of God. Now, are, are there any grammar police in the house? Okay, where it says faith comes by hearing, if you are a grammar nut, the, the context of how that's written is called the present continuous. So that means faith comes by hearing and by hearing and by hearing and by hearing and by hearing, and by hearing, and by hearing. And if you're anything like me, I'm so thick it needs to be, in, and by hearing, by power, 10 to the power of oh, 10. I mean, I don't know how many times I have read Ezekiel chapter 37. I don't know how many times I've taught on Ezekiel 37. But last Saturday, my faith went to a whole nother level in the restoring grace and the power of God because I've heard, and I've heard, and I've heard, and I've heard. And God said, okay, now it's time for you to have a bit of understanding. Guys, get into the Word. Get into the Word. And I don't, you know, I actually don't care if you've read that Scripture a hundred times or a thousand times. There is a dimension of God in there that you have not yet because you don't stand before Him face to face and know all things. I love the promise in the Scriptures where it says, He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it even until the day Jesus returns. And I'm standing there going, thank you, Jesus, for your grace, because there's still a lot of work to do right here. So it comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. I, I say to my church all the time, don't just get into the Word, let the Word get into you. 
new elder. Get into you. You know, in the scriptures, actually, I really wanted to do this this morning. Could you come up here for a second here, Abraham? Come on. You are the living example today. Is that okay? Yes. It doesn't matter if you're not okay with it. All right. Okay, in the Old Testament, when they're setting someone off, someone, someone aside in the office of an elder or prophet like that and talks about the laying on of hands, you know what they used to do? They used to lay their hands on and, and lean on them. Okay, I'm six foot two, so I get to do this. Okay, he's six foot two across the shoulders, so he could take me out. But, and the whole reason they would do that is we want you to understand the weight, the weight, the weight of what you're going to carry. Guys, pray for your elders. Because they carry a weight that no one sees. Pray for your pastors. Can I, can I before we go anywhere else, I want to just, this couple here, can we love on them for a moment? Come on, guys. Can we just love on this couple right here and give them some praise? Give them some praise. You know what they've done? You know what this couple have done? They've put their lives on hold for you. And pastors don't just grow pumpkins or build engine parts. They, they, they grow people. Now, I've, I've, I've done both. My background is in engineering, so I know what it is to go to a steel rack and pull out an eight-meter piece of steel and at the end of the day have built an aircraft servicing stand. But I never take that steel home with me. But when you're a pastor, you take every single person that you care for home with you. And in the small hours of the night and in the small hours of the morning, when all you want to do is dream or kiss your wife, you are stirred up and you actually don't wake her up and kiss her because she'll be getting stirred up then. Anyway, um, you know, but you know, these guys carry you. They cry for you. They pray for you. We love you guys. We love you guys. You are amazing. What you have done. Excuse me up. <clears throat> Excuse me. See, but the thing is, this is where people stop. They read the word and then they stop there and they get frustrated. They know the word, they've heard the word, they can recite the word, but nothing changes. But let's read what the promise from God says. The grace is the incredible grace of God. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I'll put sinew on you, must and flesh and cover you with skin and breathe, put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. What is the breath of God? You know what? If you want to know how the machine's supposed to work, go back to the operations manual. Go back to the design manual. So let's punch right back to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man in the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. Interesting, the word of God came and the word of God was, I will put my breath in you. Okay, so this is where my cineplex, my cranial cineplex goes into overdrive. I mean, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, John, James Cameron, just eat your hearts out because they got nothing as movie producers on, on God. I mean, honestly, you think about this. You think about what this might be. I can, put, can you guys put yourself here this morning? You are standing in the middle of a huge valley full of bleached, white, scattered bones. And you hear God say, prophesy to these bones. And so you do. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> and you're standing in the middle of it and you're going, okay, God, I'm getting completely and utterly freaked out right now. This is really, really, really creepy. 
okay? And like, we're talking scattered bones. We're not talking whole skeletons. So the arm bone's over there and the leg bone's over there and the hip bone's over there and hear the word of the Lord. And the hip bone connected to the thigh bone and the thigh bone connected to the knee bone. And he, you know, come on, guys, any, any Negro spiritual singers in the house? I mean, that's what started to happen. I mean, if that doesn't creep you out just a little bit, you should be a forensic pathologist. And he's standing in the middle of it. And, and, but you know what? If that's not sci-fi enough, like, you know, all these bones are starting to go, all across the valley and click, 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 click. And then suddenly, the sinew joint, muscle. And you think, oh, that's just really gross. God, cover it up. Please cover it up. Skin, bang. Okay, and now we enter zombie zone. Because they, they all stand, but there's no life in them. Why? There's no breath in them. You see, many people know the written word of God, but they don't know the living word of God. Let me put it this way. I must personally know Jesus Christ as my Savior before his teaching has any meaning for me other than that of a lofty ideal, which only leads to despair. For when I am born again by the Spirit of God, I know that Jesus Christ did not come only to teach. He came to make me what he teaches I should be. We need the Word of God and the breath of God. Verse 9 out of Ezekiel 37, And he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Again, go all sci-fi on me, okay? You're standing in the middle of this valley, and God says, call on the wind, brother. And so, I mean, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm going to do this until I see it happen. I stand in my church, and you know, there's a scripture, in the, I think it's in Revelations, where it says the testimonies of Jesus are the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? If it's happened before, it can happen again. And so I stand in my church and I go, God, you called Ezekiel to do this. I'm going to do this. Come on, breath from the four winds and blow. And then I go like this. <laughs> Can you imagine it? Come on, come on. Let's just, what would happen to those flowers up there? <laughs> they wouldn't know which way to swing because the Spirit of God's blowing from all four points of the compass. I mean, how radically crazy would that be? Come on. I mean, God's a radical God. He's a big God. And he is not held bound by our small brains. If you're trying to fit God in your head, you're only in for a head explosion. Because he ain't going to fit. What does it mean to be born again by the Spirit of God? What is the breath that was prophesied here? Well, here's what I love again about the grace of God right through the entire Scriptures. In the Old Testament, we see the real and the actual. God says to Ezekiel, prophesy, tell them that they hear the word of the Lord and then call on the wind of God to breathe into them. And we go, oh, that's great. That was in the Old Testament. What does that mean for me? Oh, that's what it means. So you come to the New Testament. John, it says, and the living word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. That's out of the message translation. The living word became flesh and moved in. And then we know that he came, he died on the cross, went to the grave, rose again. But, and you think, oh no, we've lost the word. Guess what? Jesus says, I gotta go because guess who's coming? The breath. So we've got the word and the breath in the Old Testament and we've got the word and the breath in the New Testament. You see how grace is plan A from Genesis to Revelations? Come on, this just blows my mind. 
See, with the word only, law and truth, we have shape and form, but we have no life for freedom. Word only, law and truth, just religion. We have breath only, which is just all spirit and love. You know, we just have this flower power and freedom and Honestly, that's what happens. You know, people take the grace of God, and this is a quote from John Bevere, people call the grace of God the great cover-up. But did you know the grace of God, grace is actually a higher standard than the law? I'm not, I simply don't have time to unpack that today. You see, let me put it this way. Truth without love is mean. Love without truth is meaningless. It's got to be word and breath. It's got to be truth and love. It's got to be Jesus and the Holy Spirit. If you want to be everything that God has created you to be, if you don't want to be a valley of dry, can your bones live? Hang, yes, they can. I'm going to jump forward a couple of things here, Ray. Sorry, it makes it very hard to follow a preacher like me, I know. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues or other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. Guess what? You can't speak without breath. I want you, just a quick exercise. Thank you, I'm, I'm wrapping up right now. I want you to fill your lungs up and then breathe out, completely breathe out. Breathe out, breathe out, breathe out, breathe out, breathe out, breathe out until you've got nothing else to breathe out. Okay, nothing, 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 nothing. Now try and talk. No, not burp. <laughs> If you, can, if you can burp, you've still got breath. Yeah, it's impossible to talk without breath. It's impossible to be without breath. With both the Word and the breath of God, there should be no reason apart from our unbelief or our own disobedience that will stop us living our God-created mandate. And your God-created mandate is that you are created to bless. So, as we wrap up, what are you going to do with that? Will you receive the word and the breath? Will you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Will you be filled with the Holy Spirit? Will you live a life that is full of the grace of God, empowered by the grace of God, anointed by the grace of God, led by the grace of God, shaped by the grace of God, and made whole by the grace of God? I don't, I don't, I don't know you guys. And I hope I haven't left too much of a mess for Seth and Debbie to fix this week. <laughs> but I want to ask you this. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Because if you don't, today's a great day. Or are you in that place where you, you know what, I'm, I'm them dry bones. I, 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 I'm not, I don't know what it is to bless because I don't know what it is to be blessed. Life and come on, let's be real. Life and circumstance happen. What are you going to do with that? I'd just like us to stand this morning, please. I, I want to I issue an invitation, but I also, I was, once I've issued the invitation, I'm going to hand it back to Pastor Seth and, and Deb because these guys are the ones that have put their lives on the line for you guys. Here's the invitation. Number one, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Number two, have you known Him but through life and circumstance, that connection with Jesus has been broken. Both of those require a step of faith from you to put your hand either for the first time or again. Like me as a teenager, I lost count of the number of times I got saved. 
put your hand in the hand of Jesus Christ. Make him your Lord and Savior and the director of your life all over again. Here's the thing. You can be in that place, but you can also still be that valley of dry bones because of life and circumstance. But I am here to tell you today that God is so filled with purpose to go countercultural on you. He will heal you from that place of desecration. He will take you from a place where you think you are unsalvageable and bring restoration. And so it takes some courage. But as we sing this last song, um, in church, we call this place up the front, the altar area. What happens in an altar area is we bring something and we sacrifice it to God because we want to receive something from the Lord. Maybe what you need to bring to the altar today is shame or hurt, unforgiveness, sickness. Maybe you just need to bring him the blueprint for your life that you've drawn and let him take it. And so as we sing, can I ask you to be like super bold and like crazy courageous? Would you step out of your seat and come forward? I'd love to pray with you. Almost every miracle I read of in the Bible, it happens as people step